Game day is finally here between the Utah Utes and Florida Gators, and we're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes and Locked On Gators your first listen every single day, and especially on game day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to either of our shows, make sure you guys like and subscribe. Also, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people to, for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions do apply. My name is JT Wistersill, host of Locked On Utes, Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators with me in a what's going to be a fantastic crossover episode because uh, it's so great to have football back. It is great to have football back, but unfortunately the Utah Utes got some tough news as we just found out that Cam Rising is going to be out or at least is considered doubtful for the game and it is not expected to play. It was actually reported by Josh Newman first, so shout out Josh Newman, and then Pete Thamel also uh, got to his sources and was able to report it as well. But um, just wanted to jump in here quick because it, for this, especially for those of you watching on YouTube, you will see that it's clearly not what the video you saw earlier is. Me and Brandon recorded the crossover before the news dropped. I, I've said before, I thought the news could leak the day of the game. I should have known it would leak the day before just to kind of spite us a little bit. So, yes, the rest of this episode was recorded before we knew that Cam would not be playing. But everything still stands. And guess what? I still think Utah's going to win, and you guys should as well. I've seen so many Utah fans start to panic about Bryson Barnes. Is the game going to be a little bit closer? Yes, because Cam Rising is better than Bryson Barnes. But Utah should still win this game. Utah's the better team. They're playing at home. And this is an offense that has still operated with success with Bryson Barnes at the helm. You, all of Utah's phases will have to play better now that we know that Cam is not in there. Utah will have to be sharper in the kicking phase. The defense can't make as many mistakes as maybe they could have that Cam's just abilities and talents would be able to overshadow or I should say overcome those mistakes if they were to occur. And as for the offense in general, just going to have to be even better running the ball, something this Utah football team is totally capable of. If you're listening to this show, you're more than likely very high on Jaquindon Jackson. I think Jaquindon Jackson is going to get off to a great start against the Gators. I think this offensive line, especially Satan, May and Keaton Bills are going to have really good games and be able to generate the push up front needed for Utah to establish the run. And once Utah gets the running game going, that's going to make life a lot easier for Bryson Barnes or Nate Johnson, depending on how much we will see of him. And speaking of Bryson Barnes, let's not forget once again, this is a guy who's gone on the road in college football and won a game. I know not everyone loves Bryson Barnes because he's not Cam Rising. Really, no quarterbacks in college football are in general based on his style of play. And you, you guys know me too. I don't think there's 10 quarterbacks better in college football than Cam Rising. And I think a lot of people think he's a top 15 quarterback at the very least in general. So Cam is very good. Bryson is about as good as it gets as a backup. It's hard to win games on the road. Bryson Barnes was able to come in in short notice and do it as a backup. He's capable of executing this game plan. And also we know the coaches have been preparing for the possibility that Cam could miss the first game. They probably knew that Cam was going to miss this a lot longer than they let on. It's usually how things work in college football, uh, just in general, what it revolves to coaches and these kind of decisions and just how they handle it and how all those all the processing of that all ends up playing out. But yeah, the coaches are ready for to put a game plan around Bryson. Bryson has yet to have a game plan crafted around him because of how shortly he was thrown into the fire against Washington State. But we know he's a guy 
who, if given time, can make accurate throws. He's going to probably miss a couple throws. He's, he is a backup quarterback still and has missed throws in the past, but he's shown the ability when given time and when guys get open, he has hit his receivers in situations and made plays for this Utah team, just like he did in the Rose Bowl, just like he did against Washington State. And it doesn't have to all just be Bryson Barnes if he's struggling a little bit too, or even if Bryson's playing really well, because that's the great thing about having Nate Johnson. We know what an electric athlete Nate Johnson is. It also sounds like he's really made leaps and bounds in his strides, improving his throwing. So I think that's another thing. We could see him drop back and throw it a little bit in this game or just take advantage of his wheels where people think he's going to run it. And then surprise, you have a receiver hit someone hit a deep or DB with a double move and boom, Utah able to score a touchdown. Those are the kind of things where DBs are more liable to fall for those kind of double moves first week in the season than later on overall too. So I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm excited to see Nate get out there because I think the read option or just whatever they're going to run with Nate, Jaquindon, Makai, all the different backs Utah can throw in there and how special of an athlete Nate is too and still a really talented quarterback. This Utah offense is still going to be very hard to defend. I gave a score prediction at the end of this episode. I said Utah was going to win the game 33-23. to I will pull that back a little bit. I think Utah will still win this game 26-23. And I could see it even be, I could see Utah still winning it by 10. I'm that confident in Bryson Barnes. I'm that confident in Nate Johnson. I think this is a good Gators team. They will keep it close. But I think Utah finds a way. And once again, don't forget, Nate Johnson has helped this. Nate Johnson has made winning plays for this team. Bryson Barnes has straight up won games for this team. Do not panic. Utah will still win tonight. Now, enjoy the rest of this crossover episode with myself and Brandon Olson. It'll be interesting to see with Cam. And if he doesn't, we can talk about the backups in a second. But first, the Gators have their own kind of questions at quarterback. We know who it's going to be. But the question is, how is Graham Mertz going to perform in his first game as a Gator on the road in a hostile environment, Brandon? Yeah, I, I will stick with my point until the day I die. My opinion, I, I'm I'm very much the type where I watch the film, I get my opinion, and I'm like, okay, this is it. And it's not changing, no matter what we hear about what they're doing in practice. For me, it's Graham Mertz is average. I think he's going to be better, or I'm sorry, I know he's going to be better with Florida than he was with Wisconsin, mostly because of just the scheme change. Scheme change, better weapons. He's going to be better than he was at Wisconsin. I don't know how good he's going to be. I think he's going to be average. And I am pretty confident in saying, I don't think Graham Mertz is the kind of quarterback that can go out there and elevate the play around him like great quarterbacks do. That's why I've said that if Cam plays, he gives them the best chance of winning. I don't care if he's 40%, just because he would elevate the talent around him. I don't know how much Graham Mertz can elevate the talent around him. I don't know if he can ever go out there and win the football game for the Florida Gators. So that's where I'm, I'm like, I, I think Graham Mertz is average. And I think average is good enough to win some games this year with Florida. I think you play solid defense. You have two great running backs. You could do that. But I don't think Graham Mertz is just going to come out there throwing the football, winning the game for the Florida Gators. I think he could not lose the game. That'd be much appreciated, Graham. I'd put your best Alex Smith impression. Just give me that and I'm happy. And you make that point about Graham Mertz. It's a very similar reasoning for why I believe even if Cam does not play, Utah can still win with a Bryson Barnes or Nate Johnson, whoever it's going to be for the sake of right now. I still think it's going to be Bryson Barnes just when you factor in the experience, but we will see Nate Johnson at times just because of his athleticism being what it is. But I believe this Utah football roster is very talented. They're very good at home as we know as well. And I do believe with Bryson Barnes, as a game manager type, just a cog in the systems. It's the same thing. He's Bryson Barnes will not be the reason Utah wins this game if he gets to start, but 
I believe Utah can establish the run in this game. And if they do, we saw Bryson last year against Washington State be able to dink and dunk a couple passes and make one or two plays down the field a little bit farther to help this team. And I do believe the Utah defense is going to step up as well. So you don't need a game like we saw Cam rising against USC last year where he threw for 400 yards, is doing everything, him and Dalton putting the team on their back. That's not what I think Utah needs to win this game from Bryson and why I think they can win with a backup quarterback because of how strong they've been at home. Yeah, I think one of the things there where we talk about, you know, both just needing game managers at this point, I will say, I think Bryson might be able to game manage. Mm -hmm. But the point that I will always bring up is Florida's defense this year. Last year, the defense coverage wise was fine. This year, it's going to be significantly improved because they're actually going to work on disguising coverages and messing with quarterbacks minds. And I think that Bryson could fall to that one. And also that blitz plan, just a pass rush plan, really, without Cam Rising. Bryson Barnes is going to be the guy that has to make sure everything is properly communicated. He is inexperienced. I know Utah fans like to come in my comments and go, he played 10 games. I don't care. If you played 200 snaps in your career and only 91 of them, are you not handing the football off? You're inexperienced. Anthony Richardson had more snaps played prior to the 2022 season than Bryson Barnes has prior to the 2023 season. So I will say, yes, he's inexperienced, just like Anthony Richardson was. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can make more mistakes that that way. Graham Mertz might be a game manager, but at least he's got plenty of experience managing those games. And I'm curious to see how he steps up and and operates here. I want to know just completely irrelevant nerd tangent that I have to bring up here. I want to know how much of having Jim Leonard as as the Wisconsin defensive coordinator helped or hurt Graham Mertz just like being able to identify exotic packages here. Cause I know that he's going to face those against Utah. Utah is going to blitz him quite a bit as they should, especially with the Florida Gators offensive line. That is unproven at this, uh, not even unproven untested. We've never seen them come out together and they've barely practiced together. So I'm curious to see that. I think Graham Mertz can manage the game better than Bryson Barnes. And I hate that we're both like manage the game because to me, it's just like, this is going to be the ugliest football game on the planet. Just run the damn ball and try not to have your quarterback screwed up for you. It would be funny if ES- I don't think this is what's going to happen, but ESPN, you know, they're bringing in the 18 Fowler and Herbie. If this was like a 10, seven like game, I don't see I that. Happening, I would that would be, that'd be so funny. I'm, I'm sure Kirk Herbstreit would be like, I didn't know I was doing third. I didn't know I started with bad Thursday games already <laughs> in his yep. opinions, but I'm with you. I- I'm just excited to get football. It's going to be fun either way. Yeah, I've, I'm fully expecting to see what would look like Iowa versus Wisconsin. Last yeah. year. <laughs> just like it's just going to be ugly defense, run the ball, and, and hope that your quarterbacks don't screw it up. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a strategy for both sides. Unless, let's like I said, the cam factor is the one thing. I still think he's going to play, but I feel like if there were odds on this, it would definitely be on Bryson Barnes just based on the reports we've heard. But it's going to be interesting to monitor, and it's just going to be interesting to dive into this matchup even further and talk about the keys for both Utah and Florida getting a season-opening victory. We're going to talk about the keys for both sides' success in their first matchup of the season. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Town Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
Getting a job post is super easy on LinkedIn jobs. It's easy to create a profile and then you can just add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on cans with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's friendly. The LinkedIn jobs is friendly for all businesses too because they're rated number one by small businesses in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And another exciting thing we have going on here at the Locked On College Network, something Brandon knows a lot about, is college football season is here and the college football kickoff live has arrived as well. Each Friday, Locked On will give you a live, will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. And the college football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth only like Locked On can provide, including insight and analysis from a stable of Locked On College hosts. Good chance that can include our two shows based on how tomorrow's game plays out covering the teams and the variety of storylines that will play out across the college football landscape so find locked on college football kickoff live every friday from 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern time on any locked on college youtube channel you won't want to miss it brandon you got any extra endorsement to add for that one i would just like to add for that one that you will see both of us with our post games reactions they're both going to be included in friday uh at probably by 11 15 because that's that's when we're supposed to hit our first ad break and we are both slated to have our post game nows in there. So we're talking this game on Friday morning. Just saying. One of us is going to be really happy and the other will be very dejected. <laughs> I will have tears regardless of the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> tears of joy, tears of despair. I will be crying regardless. Oh, and uh, yeah, like you mentioned, this is going to be a game that's going to draw a lot of emotions as well. It's because the first game of the season, there's so much excitement around it. So when talking about the keys for a Gators win, what stands out for you? For me, it has to be the run game, honestly, on both sides of the ball. I, I think I posted the video right before we started recording. I, I tweeted out the video of every Montreal Johnson carry against the Utah Utes. And while I was making the video, I was getting pissed off because I was watching the game and it just kept being like six minutes of game time in between each carry for Montreal mm-hmm. Johnson. I was like, he was really never given the opportunity to develop a, a, any kind of rhythm. And I think this year that's because there were plenty of yards that Montreal Johnson had. He had a fantastic football game. Same for ETN, right? Never, I'm sorry? ETN had a really good game too last year, right? Yeah. ETN had five carries for 65 I, yards. Yeah. He averaged like 12 yards a carry, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a huge game that ETN had also. He had that big run, of course. It was like 40 yards. He fumbled. It was his only fumble, Montreal Johnson's only fumble of the year, which is very weird to me. Uh, Montrose was on his first carry. I think Trevor Etienne's was also on his first carry. And then they just cleaned it up after that. It was very weird. Um, but I think for the run game, it, it's Montrell is finally going to get into a rhythm. Trevor Etienne will be allowed to get into a rhythm. Because again, Trevor Etienne had five carries. Montrell had 12. Naquan Wright had 10 carries for under 40 yards. Like, like when he was on the field, it just sucked the life out of the offense. And that's not going to be the case. And I understand, you know, Utah's defensive front, they're going to be improved. Utah's linebackers are going to be improved. They're tackling. They're not going to miss damn near 30 tackles in this game. (laughs) But it is going to be interesting to see how they do rebound here because Montrell is a physical runner. I I fully expect him to be the kind of guy that it's like, hey, the first like six carries, we're going to give it to Montrell and he's just going to start punching people in the mouth and we're going to see how that goes. But I'm curious to see how things wrap up because 
even with the offensive line being, I believe, worse for Florida than it was last year, I know they're going to be able to run block because that's their bread and butter. That's all they care about, really. They're like, hey, if you're an O-lineman and you want to come here, you better be physical in the run game. But it's also because of all the yards after contact that both of those guys picked up. I'm curious to see how they kind of react this year with Utah. I know Utah is going to be better tackling, but how good are they going to be against two of the guys who were just, I, I think, the, two, the most, one of the most dynamic running back duos in the country? This is a, a word I'm about to use that's gotten Florida fans riled up in the past. The word that the position that scares me the most about Florida are the two running backs. It's Etienne and Johnson because of the performance they had last season. And, you know, I think they're going to need to be even better. And I shouldn't say even better, just get more of an opportunity to show those talents. Because when I think of the Florida loss last year, I think of Anthony Richardson. Because he was the one who led Florida in rushing. He had the unbelievable plays in the game that helped the Gators eventually get the win in that one. So they're obviously going to turn to the running backs more because there's not Anthony Richardson there. And I do believe Anthony Richardson's skill set really gave Utah fits as well, considering how many times they still were able to apply pressure, get into the backfield, and then just not able to drag down Anthony Richardson because he was that good at shaking off tacklers as a big defender. So I think you make a great point about the run game on both sides of the ball. It's one I'm, I'm very similar with as well because my goal really is, if I'm Utah, to shut down, not shut down, to slow down the Gators rushing attack. I think Florida's going to have a good game on the ground. I do not think they'll rush for 298 yards like they had last year, but I do think there's a good chance they could get over 150 to even over 200 because it's the style they want to play. They have good run blocking offensive line near point, and we know that we have they have the backs as well who are going to make some Utes miss tackles. Utah is not going to go from 29 to zero miss tackles in this game. Now, that number should be under 15 if you're Utah. You're playing at home, a lot more experience on this defense. That number should be under 15. And I'm sure the coaches have even said they probably want it under five or 10. Well, <laughs> understanding if it's a little bit more than that, just because of the physicality. But if I'm Utah, the goal is definitely to get Florida in third and long as much as I can. So then you can really unlock your blitz package because Brandon and some point you've made as well. It's a new offensive line up front. So with the exotic blitzes that Morgan Scali does a great job drawn up, I think Utah will have a chance to get home. And unlike last year, when they get home, they're going to be able to take Graham Mertz down. And going to the other side of the ball, too, for Utah, if Utah can establish the run and get in third and short situations, I think that opens the offense up more so easier passes for Bryson Barnes. Doesn't have to drop back as long because as of right now, Utah's going to have a freshman left tackle starting. He's a four-star. He's, he's supposed to be a good player. Florida has a guy who with NFL potential that if I'm the Gators, I'm lining up across from him all game long and any third and long and have him pin his ears back and just rush the quarterback. So I really do feel like whatever it's more, it feels to me at least like whatever team has more yards on the ground, especially if cam rising doesn't play is going to win this game. Yeah, this, this is like, like we've been saying, this is going to be just punch you in the mouth. football. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see Princely line up against the left. tackle just because mm-hmm. what I've seen from Princely Uman Nielen, as a pass rusher, last year against Utah, he became a completely different player at like the midway point of the season. He became the truly elite pass rusher that he can become. He showed flashes of that Texas A&M. He had dominant performances. The mm-hmm. spin move came out of nowhere. I was re-watching his game against Utah last year. He did so little as far as trying to deconstruct blocks and break them off. And then towards the end of the year, it was like, He's all of a sudden has a great spin move. I know he's been working on the pass rush repertoire this whole offseason. He's been working with specialists to develop a pass rush repertoire and actually have different tools in his toolbox there. So I'm curious to see how he breaks out. But I, I think with Florida's, I, I'm pretty confident in Florida's defense this year. Mm-hmm. And I know that a ton of guys are not proven. 
I'm pretty confident that schematically they're a great fit this year. I don't think they were a great fit last year. I think you've got a great fit schematically this year, a much aggressive, a much more aggressive defensive coordinator that's going to also dial up his own little blitzes and his pass rush packages. So for me, I think a lot of it falls on the shoulders of Florida's offense, especially because when we look at what Utah does defensively, Morgan Stanley, when he's not blitzing, he plays a lot of cover one, which is also part of his blitzes, and he plays a lot of cover two. Both of those are kind of pointing to Florida might have a difficult time throwing the football also because cover two, you got two defenders deep. You've got five underneath. Florida wants to throw the ball short. That could be a little bit of an issue with five defenders working underneath. So I think with Florida, it's when you do get the opportunity to complete those short passes, your playmakers need to be dynamic. Mm -hmm. Florida's playmakers last year were not. Justin Shorter, great X receiver, not a dynamic playmaker after the catch. Xavier Henderson, fast. That, that's it. Sorry, tall and fast, and that's it. And, and that's all we have there. So you've got more dynamic playmakers this year if you're Florida. It's about actually them making those plays. I know we, we hype the freshman all we can. Aiden Mizell is fast as hell. I don't know how much he's going to play. Andy Jean is a pretty good route runner. I don't know how much, how much he's going to play. Eugene Wilson the third, very dynamic with the ball in his hands. I don't know how much he's going to play. So for me with Florida, it's like you're going to want to complete these underneath passes and they're going to be difficult because you're going to see cover one press and you're going to see cover two. And there's going to be Utah defenders in that area. I think Ricky Pearsall has a great game. I've said before, I think Ricky goes over a hundred, like watching the film from last year, there were a lot of times where he was open and he's like waving his hands and Anthony Richardson is like, and just chooses to not do it. So I'm curious to see how that works out this year because Ricky's back. Ricky's he's going to be in the NFL next year. I'm not even going to pretend that, that he's not going to be. I think skill set-wise, he's got it. So I'm curious to see how much they kind of force-feed him the ball in the passing game while also trying to – because you, you got to keep Utah's defense honest. You can't just let them key in on the run the entire game. Yeah, I, I really think another key for Utah's defense too, and we've touched on a little bit already, but Utah was in position to make plays last year and just wasn't able to, whether it was tackling and – Look, like you said, in coverage, I think they might be tested a little bit more this year just because of Richardson isn't as strong of a thrower, just strictly throwing the ball, at least of what we expect Graham Mertz to be in this one, even though we know he's cap- Richardson was capable of making those wild plays. With Mertz, he's more, like you said, he's just going to execute the shorter throw at a higher level than Richardson did. And Utah has experienced defensive backs, guys who have been in the system for a while. You get a guy in JT Broughton who last year spent the entire offseason rehabbing. This year, he's just spent it training. Zamaya Vaughn, another year under his belt. And then the other guys, you kind of, that's why I feel good about the, the two guys Utah got. And then you get, you just need one more guy to step up, right? A Miles Battle with a lot of experience coming over from Ole Miss starting. A Teo Johnson, who's a receiver convert to corner, who earned the job. He makes me a little more nervous just in his first game. But he if he, he earned, Yeah, if, but if he earned the job, I would have trusted him a little bit. And uh, also Smith Stone, the true freshman, who I do think has a lot of potential to perform well, just as you were talking about. You expect one some of these young Gators will have a chance to shine in their first game just of the season and at Salt and Salt Lake as well with the altitude aspect of this as well. And that's probably something we should touch on in a moment when we are going to dive into the altitude aspect as well as give a couple of predictions about this contest in one second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. 
Learn and Earn, the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down the financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play anytime anywhere the more you play the more you learn and the more you learn the more you earn learn and earn part of ucc's award-winning be money smart youth banking program helping kids teens and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together ucc love where you bank brandon i don't think it's been as out of control this year as it was last year in terms of just all the hype surrounding the humidity the altitude talk seems to be more in check this year but i do think it's going to have an effect on this game how do you see the gators being able to handle playing in the salt lake altitude i i think that florida obviously it's going to impact the game i'm i'm not an idiot i understand this last year i said the humidity was going to be a factor i did I say it would impact it but i will admit i underestimated a little bit too and i realized that quickly once i saw utah guys cramp it up and even throw it off yeah yeah it, it got it got rough real quick that was like the more you around the more you're gonna find out really quick with the humidity i think that florida is going to be affected by it mm-hmm. i don't think they're going to be as affected by it as utah was with the humidity not because of you know better athletes i'm not even saying that yeah, yeah, i just yeah. think humidity really kills you like i live in a humid area and when when it's really humid even i'm like damn like like it it, it gets rough really quick so i think humidity is going to play or humidity played more of a factor than altitude will this year but i still think altitude's going to play a factor. i've said i think florida needs to start hot mm-hmm. because i think when we get late into the game that's when you're really going to feel it. I, I think Florida, you you need to have a strong first half because I think Utah wins the second half. So I, I think Florida needs to have a strong first half. I will say, I think the new clock rules also play in Florida's favor a little bit just because of that elevation that works against Florida. But with Florida, with the new clock rules, you get the first down, you, you can clock keeps running and you can kind of shorten this game, which is what I think Florida needs to do. And, and so I think the clock rules help Florida elevation obviously hurts Florida, but I, I think Florida wins this game. And I've, I've said this always, you can easily tell me, Hey, Utah's going to win. And I'm like, I buy it. It's going to be a close game. Utah's a good football team. I, I told you off air, we did our locked on top 25 a week or two ago. I had Utah 10th or 11th in ranks. I think they're a good football team. I just think this is one of the games where Florida is going to win, especially with Utah's quarterback situation. Florida at least knows what they're getting in grammar. We might not as fans and media, but Florida knows what they're getting in grammar. They know how things operate. They, they know how to get the most out of him. So I think Florida wins this game. I think it's very close. And even on lockdown Pac-12, I said 21-17. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be very close. I think Florida wins a very, very close game. I like it. Now go actually what you were talking about there ties back into a point you made earlier as well about Florida wanting to run the ball. If Florida can run the ball, and keep their defense fresh and not constantly have the Gators defense on the field, they're not as likely to get worn down in the second half. 
I agree with you that Utah should win the second half just because of the altitude and, and also just my feelings about this Utah team in general. They've always seemed to improve over the course of the game in general. They, especially last year, they were a team that like hot started hot always. There were a lot of drives they would not score a touchdown, and then they would be like, wait, why are we tied with Stanford at the end of the first quarter? And then you blink and you're like, oh, hey, it's 30-7 to 7 or something like that. I, that. And that is not what this game is going to be against the Gators. I, Utah held opponents last year at home to 16 points per game. I believe the Gators are going to score more than that. I do think this is a good Florida team. But it's a very new Florida team as well, playing in a new environment, new quarterback. There's just lots of new aspects to it. New defensive coordinator. I know he's someone you're very high on as well, but still his first game. And going against a little bit of an unpredictable Utah team just because of the quarterback situation. But I'm sure he'll have them prepared in a lot of those regards. But because of how stout this Utah team is at home, because of also the fact that they lost last year, I know, especially if Cam Rising plays, I know that had to have eaten away at them. And that extra motivation factor, I think, is going to play a role for this Utah team being at home in front of their crowd that is going to be rowdy. I know it's not as loud as some of the SEC crowds, but it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be still loud for an offensive line, especially that's working together for the first time. And just in general, when you get tired in that situation, it just, it kind of, everything just kind of adds up and builds up overall. So I do think this Utah team's going to win. Even if cam doesn't play, I like Utah and I'll just predict. I said cam's going to play. So I'm going to predict it with cam playing. I think Utah wins this one 33 to 23. I think this is a close game at halftime. And I think it's really in the fourth quarter where we see that separation. This to me will play out like more a six to kind of seven, like a one touchdown game. And I think Utah will get a late field goal to kind of give them that extra cushion and comfort to help them get the win. But Brandon, you got any other bold predictions before we get out of here? I would just like to say, yeah, Utah was great, especially that last drive last year. That ended so well for them. I, I'm going to bring this point up here because I know your listeners are going to hear this, and I want them to hear this. Are you doing it back in their bad graces after you just said you had Utah at 10, by the way? In your first season? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking about this part because I keep getting the comment of Cam rising through the uncharacteristic interception. And we talked about this yesterday, where it's like Cam rising through the uncharacteristic interception – that's why, like, like they should have had a touchdown there. Maybe, but Montreal Johnson had his only fumble of the season on the first play, and Utah then scored a touchdown off of it. So I don't care about Cam's uncharacteristic turnover because Florida had one as well, and I don't care that Cam's uncharacteristic turnover cost them a touchdown because Florida had that same situation there. So you're net zero in the turnover differential, zero in uncharacteristic turnover differential, zero in those points suffered because of it. So I, I will say I don't care about Cam Rising's pick at the end of the game. I don't, I don't care about anything else. I will say, and I said it I said it yesterday on Lockdown Pac-12, Utah, Mita, Himta, Herta, I don't care who it is, Florida's winning this game. In, in my opinion, Florida's winning this game against a very good Utah team. It's just a game where I, I'm just seeing blue in the sea for some reason. <laughs> to close this one out, I will say I, I do think Jaquindon Jackson's in for a good game. I think he's going to start the season off with 100 yards on the ground. I think the Utah offensive line will have a good game. I think if Cam starts, he's going to throw for – I'll go two touchdown passes. I could see it being three as well. If Bryson's in there or Nate, I still see them getting one in this contest. And I think Utah is going to force at least one, could be two interceptions on Graham Mertz. And I'll throw in, I do think they get home at least three times. Yeah, I I, I honestly, if Florida drops back 25 times, they're probably getting home three to five times. Three to five? I, I think three. They're going to be aggressive. Like we've talked about, Florida offensive line hasn't played together. Graham Mertz hasn't played with this offensive line, so blitz pickup might be a bit of an issue there. So I think that they can get home, but it's about Florida just just make it third and short. 
just same thing, same thing for both sides. Make it third and short and try to convert those and try to just kill the quad. That's all it is. And it, it's going to be fun. I will say we've had a lot of fun talking trash. I will continue to talk trash to Utah fans until the day I die at this point. I'm, I'm going to let that one be clear. But I'm just looking for a good football game, and I'm glad the college football's back. Yeah, we appreciate all of you Locked On Utes and Locked On Gators fans who have a supported our shows throughout this entire offseason process and just the lead we're not supported we're not supported, <laughs> we're not supported. join just to just to talk crap basically it's the same thing we still enjoyed we had fun and it is so exciting that game day is officially here for both these teams the time for talk is over and it's time to get it underway now so for brandon olson i'm jt wistersell thank you all for making locked on utes and locked on gators your first listen every day and we'll be back with you tomorrow on both of our shows reacting to how the first matchup played out we'll see you then